just want to introduce today's speaker. Um, I remember the first time I met this guy and his fantastic wife, and I just talked to him. The first thing I noticed was I'm like, this guy's on fire for God. He cares about the Word of God a lot, and he really loves his family. Just a happy person. So I asked his wonderful wife. She didn't know I was going to say this. I asked her. I just sent her a message and said, what, what are some things about his character that you would, maybe as I'm introducing him, that you would say, that's, that's him, and that's what I admire about him. And she said, he is dedicated. And as soon as that was in there, I was one I, I, I was like, that is him. He's dedicated to his family. He's dedicated to the word. And I prayed with him this morning. He's dedicated to bringing that word unfiltered, what the Holy Spirit wants for us today. So if you could stand up if you're able and join me in welcoming Jahir Estrada. Well, thanks for that. I'm going to have to start checking the cell phones at home and the emails. <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> well, um, I just want to say thanks again for the opportunity to um, be able to deliver this message. It has been cooking up on my heart for close to a year now. And uh, I really believe it is for the church in general. And particularly, I think this message also uh, serves to to build up the church here. Um, with that in mind, have anyone here ever seen the movie Bruce Almighty? Just raise your hand. All right, good deal, good deal. Um, well, I bring this movie is because um, I find in scripture this theme uh, of God going to great extents to reach us, to show himself to us. And uh, I find that that's gonna be, or serve as the baseline for the message today. And I have a video, there's just one scene on that movie, Bruce Almighty, that I've divided into three parts, and I'll discuss them a little bit more. Let's watch the video. Well, I hope you got a kick out of that. <laughs> so what we observe uh, on the first video clip is uh, the first time in the movie, uh, that God goes to great extents uh, to reach Bruce. Now, there isn't anything I don't think too supernatural uh, about that first video clip, uh, except that God's presence is there. Just the very fact that God is already showing up for a relationship moment. You know, Psalm 8.4 says, What is man that thou art mindful of him, and the son of man that thou visits him? In here, the psalmist wonders why God takes the initiative to pursue us. The second video clip shows Bruce sarcastically saying, a whole drawer just for me, right? Then ask if he could take a look. And here, the first of the miraculous signs uh, that Bruce can associate with God, uh, Morgan Freeman, for those of you who don't know him, uh, this scene shows that God, on top of seeking us, is also willing to display his power to us. As he pursues us, he not only shows his greatness and knowledge, but also his great love. And then on the third video clip, uh, Bruce proceeds to do what every man, probably everyone here, I've done it many times, has done uh, to God, and that is to test him. How many fingers I am holding on my back? And after God displays how annoyed he is with Bruce, Unbelief. It is at that point that Bruce realizes his life was about to change or was changing. 
Now, the relevance of these scenes with the message today is to show you that God is ready for rodeo whenever it comes to uh, coming into a relationship with us. He pursues us. Ever since the fall with Adam and Eve, not after the summer, um, there has always been something at stake between God and man. The main theme in the New Testament is of the good news. God wanting to restore the broken relationship between man and himself. But this relationship has been challenged throughout history by a distortion of the truth. The truth concerning God and man, as well as any other truth that may point us to God. Highlight moment there. That may point us to God. Just like Bruce in the movie, we have been distant from God to the point that he has to pursue us in order that we may come to know him and remember he is the truth, the way, and the life. And that's why the title of this message is The Pursuit of Truth. That was quite an introduction, wasn't it? (laughs) So since the truth concerning God and man is not the only truth that has been distorted, it is really difficult for people to recognize what he has to say about any topic. To the point that he has to go to great extents, just like he did with Bruce, to show us the way. I think we need to be open and receptive every day of our lives. We need to train and concentrate in receiving the word of God for every area of our lives. We often think that this involves only the study of scripture. And I certainly think that that is at the core of what we should pursue. But God has many things to say about every area of our lives. And we should not neglect them. What I'm trying to say is that when we pursue God with all our hearts, mind, and soul, highlight moment again, that this refers not just to our relationship with him, but also to things that he wants us to relate to. Whether it be for your own growth or for the sake of others. So whenever we walk in the quest for truth, what we're really doing is trying to find out what God has to say about a certain topic or matter. Consider some of these questions. Does God exist? Is there such a thing as morality? Why is there so much suffering? How does the government supposed to work? What are the foundations of our culture and society? Is the Old Testament law obsolete or should we practice it today? How should I think about spiritual gifts? Can faith be reasonable? Why does it seem like God is hiding? There are serious consequences on ignoring what does God has to say to each of these questions. What is the truth behind all these questions? One thing is for sure. In John 8, 32, Scripture tells us that if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. In light of what John says in this Scripture, I think there's two things that we can take from that. On the one hand, it refers to the bondage uh, to sin that we've had and which Christ paid a high price for. And on the other one, I think also that it refers to controversial topics like the ones I just mentioned uh, that are difficult to navigate. I think it is easy to say that all of the topics I mentioned are controversial, and I will not pretend to make you think that I know the right answers, although I do. Um, That would be naive of me. So, but often in the journey of pursuing the truth, this question can cause great confusion as well as distress. And that is very likely by design, but not the Lord's design. 
You see, here's another highlight moment. These questions can make an unbeliever out of a believer. And I think we need to be prepared. Let's take a look at a situation in Scripture that highlights the urgency of what I want to impart to you. Uh, let's turn to John 18, 33, 40, which is the, uh, 33 through 40, sorry, which is the trial scene. Starting in verse 33, we got that scripture. All right, it says, Pilate then went back inside the palace, summoned Jesus and asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Is that your own idea, Jesus asked? Or did others talk to you about me? Am I a Jew? Pilate replied. Your own people and chief priests handed you over to me. What is it you have done? Jesus said, My kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders. But now my kingdom is from another place. You're a king then, said Pilate. Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. In fact, the reason I was born and came into the world is to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. Listens to me. Listens to me. What is truth? Retorted Pilate. With this, he went out again to the Jews gathered there and said, I find no basis for a charge against him. But it is your custom to, uh, for me to release to you one prisoner at the time of the Passover. Do you want me to release the king of the Jews? And they shouted back, no, not him. Give us, help me with this word, please. Barabbas. Barabbas. Thank you. There are four things I want to say about the trial scene. Um, and, I, and that's going to be the meat of the message. The first thing, that there is a trial of truth that has been ongoing since the fall of man. Just like the scene from Bruce Almighty, there is a truth at stake. We need to realize that. That is important. There is always truth at stake. In verse 37 of, of uh, the trial scene, it says, In fact, the reason I was born and came into the world is to testify to the truth. Where do people testify at? Court. So this is a trial. John 14, uh, 6 says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. This is a direct expression of the unique role that Jesus plays in the restoration plan with the Father. And guess what? It is a trial. Second point, that every matter has a truth on which it stands, even if we have difficulty on coming to know it. Verse 38 of, of the trial sin says, What is truth? said Pilate. This clearly shows that Pilate, although he has heard about Jesus, he has not taken his word or message uh, to be true. He didn't believe him. This is the same picture of every person in the world confronting a controversial question. We must not, we must not walk away due to the difficulty, just like Pilate did. In that verse of what is truth, uh, you can ask yourself, what could Pilate have been thinking? In the movie, Bruce says, sarcastically in the second video clip, the whole drawer just for me. I mean, he don't believe God. He didn't believe him. 
And Pilate says, what is truth? That could also have been put in a different way, like could Pilate have been saying, what could you, a Jew, carpenter, could possibly know about things that people before you uh, in all around the world have been thinking about? It just happens to be that that was God. He knew. Pilate is not the only one who walks away from trials in this way. The religious leaders wanted to crucify the truth. Some apostles uh, lied about the truth when they were confronted. And we today just hope for the best without any involvement many times. Take a, look, a topic like abortion. Imagine just uh, a woman contemplating that action and saying to a man who is trying to uh, argue, perhaps, or bring a viewpoint uh, that is contrary to, to the person contemplating the action. And the woman saying, you don't even conceive. What could you possibly know about what I'm going through? And questions like that or answers like that would strike you right away and put you on your knees real quick. Imagine the same situation of that woman telling another woman, one that actually conceived, but has had resources throughout her life. They have no financial problems. They can carry on with the, with, with the baby and everything. And, and um, the woman contemplating the action could be like saying something like, you've always had resources. You don't know what it is to lack. What could you possibly say to me? You see, these are very similar to the question Pilate asked Jesus and he walked away from. What is truth? So, I think we need to remember uh, through this section of the trial scene that although we are in Pilate's position, we need to persevere. Jeremiah 12.5 says, If you have raced with men on food and they have worn you out, how can you compete with horses? If you stumble in the safe country, how will you manage in the thickets by the Jordan? In other words, don't give up. Don't give up. You see, there's something interesting about Jeremiah 12.5. It says, how can you compete with horses? It's already implying that God wants you to go to the major leagues. He doesn't want you to just be there at the bottom. Third point, that we must do our due diligence to seek for such truths. We should not just persevere in waiting for truth, but we need to seek it. In verse 34 uh, of the trial sin, um, Jesus says, is that your own idea? Or did others talk to you about me? Do you remember the questions I mentioned not too long ago? I'll repeat them. Does God exist? Is there such a thing as morality? Why is there so much suffering? How does the government supposed to work? What are the foundations of our culture and society? Is the Old Testament law obsolete or should we practice it today? How should I think about spiritual gifts? Can faith be reasonable? Why? God seems hidden. Like I said earlier, these are questions that sometimes make an unbeliever out of a believer. I say to you, do not be afraid to follow the evidence where it leads. God has ordered the world in such a way that his handiwork is revealed to those who seek him. I grew up uh, with a Catholic background, and uh, nothing wrong with our Catholic brothers. I'm not here to bash them or anything like that. 
it was actually more of my fault uh, growing up in just a traditional environment, not understanding what I believe in. And uh, that carries consequences. Eventually, I met friends who didn't really share the same traditions or uh, the same beliefs that I had. And of course, they would question my silly traditions and rights. And uh, when that happened, of course, since I didn't have any understanding, but just went with the flow of how I was raised, I was disarmed. I had nothing to say back that would make sense of the things that I was practicing. Um, so that, that was challenge from, uh, a challenge from non-believer friends that I had uh, back in the day. And uh, eventually it, leads, it led me to a point of questioning whether or not I was going to continue practicing any sort of uh, these traditions. And uh, that's how the quest for truth, the pursuit of truth, started for me. And I believe that in many cases, it happens to everyone here. There is a moment for you about the pursuit of truth. Should I seek the understanding of uh, the tough question that was asked of me? Later on, uh, on my journey of seeking for truth, I found many answers and many resources to at least give a reasonable response to what I was holding on to. And uh, what struck me very, very, very deep in my heart is that when I went back to my friends and told them these answers to them, as I, as I thought like, hey, now you have something and you can come over and, and practice the same things I do. It wasn't really like that. It was more like, no, that, that's not really an answer I'm looking for. No, that's, that's not really an answer at all. They just were already made up on their minds. Matthew 7, uh, 7. Ask, and it shall be given to you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened to you. For everyone that asks, receives. And he that seeks, finds. And to him that knocks, it shall be opened. We need to trust God, not just on how to live, but also in receiving his answers to tough questions. Fourth and last point. Once we believe we have reached truth, we must propagate it. That is, that, that's basically the Great Commission. Matthew 28, 19. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. You see, this past tense giving... Uh, I heard the news about the statistics of uh, uh, the uncomfortable conversations at the dinner table. I don't know if any of you had any of those here, but I used to have a few of them, and not just on Thanksgiving. <laughs> um, not with my family. It, this is back when, before, back on the challenge of the non-believer friends. And uh, there is something that... that has carried on with me since I, on, on, I've gone on my quest for truth. And that is that we, know, we must not forget what the apostle told us whenever we engage on, on difficult topics. First Peter 3.15 says, But in your hearts revere Christ as Lord. Always. Repeat with me. Always. Not a few times. Always. Be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with, repeat with me, gentleness and respect. 
So let me bring this to a wrap. So I have my chronometer here sticking. <laughs> um, as you can see, all what I have mentioned so far can be summarized in one sentence. An exhortation to seek truth on all matters of our lives and use what you have learned to make disciples. With that in mind, I want to extend to everyone here an invitation to seek each other in regards to tough questions. You may not know it yet, but the Lord has equipped this church with the resources necessary for you to embark in your own, your own journey of searching for truth. If there is any topic, whether it be about the existence of God, about what scripture teaches, about government, anything that is like a splinter in your hand, come, come. We will deal with such questions together. Seek truth, seek understanding, and expect God to show you. You know, I was always taught, highlight moment, um, <laughs> the worst kind of question is the one that is not asked. In the past year, I met some great minds that attend this church, and we discussed, we discussed some of the questions that I, that I say are controversial. Now, to many, it is not fun, uh, or perhaps it goes over your head to talk about uh, theology or philosophy. But I assure you that when you or someone who is close to you is confronted with tough questions, it is more reassuring to say to yourself, I have resources to look into this, than saying, I guess, they are right, and unbelief is the path. For those of you who remember Robbie Dawkins, uh, he wrote a book about activating the inner you. Uh, the book is a good and refreshing way of reading what God is doing today. Um, it is like reading the book of Acts, but 2018, and yeah, that's when he did all his traveling. Uh, Robbie encouraged us to get uh, a hold of the promises God has given us for prayer, for prophecy, and making disciples. I think that is the right attitude to take, to let the Lord manifest in every area of our lives, every area. 2 Corinthians 10.5 says, We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Repeat with me. Every. every. Psalm 145.18 says, The Lord is near to all who call on Him, to all who call on Him in truth. Do not be afraid. Do not put up excuses for seeking truth. Oh, it's too tough of a topic. Oh, I'll do it tomorrow. tomorrow. That's just a thick book. Don't put, ex put up excuses. You never know when you're going to be on the trial scene. You better be prepared. <laughs> Lastly, remember that seeking truth about other topics that are not necessarily about our relationship with God are also part of the body of Christ. One body part is not better than another, but they all require certain level of attention for the body to operate as designed. So I think I'm out of time. And like Forrest Gump once said, that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>